Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's New World Kirtan podcast. It's Wednesday, June 3rd, 2015. I'm Kitsy Stern, and our show is produced as an act of love and service to the worldwide Kirtan community. It's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. I've been busy planning this year's garden, something that I just love to do. It's like the garden gives me another room to decorate that I can change up every year. I don't plant many veggies, but I love flowers, especially the old-fashioned ones and roses that smell beautiful. I brought my mom's favorite rose bush here after she died, and now it blooms in my garden every year in time for Mother's Day. I have transplants of the spearmint that used to grow in my grandmother's garden, too. The smell and the taste of the iced tea I brew with it reminds me of every golden summer since I've been a little girl. I don't know if you've seen the solar-powered garden lights they sell in garden stores, but I'm a big fan of those. Every year I buy a few more, and now our garden looks like a fairyland at night. I especially love the globes that glow with soft pastels in the flower beds. I just can't wait to get out there again. It's my summer office. But today is cold and rainy, and for the past few months, most of my brain space has been taken up by the creation of the new voiceover website. I'm happy to tell you it's now live, and we're about to launch it and do the marketing. So, most of you know that my profession is voice acting, but for the first time, I'm changing direction and bringing my New World Kirtan world into my acting world. Go check it out and let me know what you think. It's at www.kitsystern.com. There are several demos and lots of videos with examples of work that I've done, and perhaps you'll recognize my voice from a commercial you've heard. We also found a blog I used to write with entries dating from 2008. It's pretty interesting to see what I was into back in 2008. There are several on voiceover, but there's also one for Christmas with my mom's Anna's Pitzel recipe. It was before she died. And posts about Cape Cod and starting to do Pilates. I'll start posting at that blog again when the spirit moves me. And now for some advertising, because we need to do a certain amount of it to keep us up and running, and sometimes I forget. Here is a big shout-out and thank you to our sponsors White Swan and Black Swan Records and Old Delhi Music. If you like our podcast and would like to show your support, here's what you can do. Please buy products from our sponsors and donate at our website to help with our operating expenses. The set list for every show is posted at the New World Kirtan website. So if you hear a track you like on the show, you can also help us by purchasing the music through our website, and then we'll make a small commission. Every little bit helps us to keep the lights on, and it's much appreciated. In other news, I've just finished Russell Paul's course on achieving success with mantras. It was all about using a mantra to Ganesha to remove obstacles in order to create an outcome. We were to choose a big project to focus on, but I've also been using the mantra on smaller projects. The big project has been building the voiceover website, and so far the process has been flawless, and I'll continue to use it through the launch and the marketing. The smaller projects I've used it for were various, like the trip to Bermuda for Omfest and last week's trip to the Cape. All have proceeded without any problems, but I think it's because things have shifted in me in the way I'm starting to look at the world. For instance, on this last trip, I broke my toe. It was painful, and there were things that needed to be taken care of, but because of the way I reacted to it, the toe breakage was no big deal. My husband and I took care of what needed to be taken care of. I asked for and received the help I needed, and all was good. And I think that's the truth that's finally starting to penetrate from all this chanting and spiritual work and I include the deep work from the back spasm in this, that no matter what's happening, we can see it as good if we can remember to live in that place of presence where we can react from moment to moment to moment. It's about remembering what Pima Chodron says, you are the sky, everything else is just weather. I'm finding the more I use these practices and surrender to where they're taking me, a wider and wider world of possibility is opening up. My center of gravity is deepening, and learning to surrender to its pull is the journey not only of my lifetime, it's why we're here. So, on to this week's show. It's the second in our Kirtan Meditation Group series. 
Most weeks, I put together an hour and a half set for a group that meets to sing kirtan and meditate at our local Unitarian church on Friday evening. A beautiful community is growing around this practice, and my hope is that you'll use the shows in this podcast series in your own communities. The format is pretty simple. There's some live kirtan, chants we'd like to sing from CDs, sometimes something from Deva and Miten's 21-day mantra meditation series, and a short excerpt from a lecture from Krishna Das or Adi Ashanti. Uh, this week, it's Ram Das from a lecture on conscious aging. Other highlights for us in this set was Ganapataye from Luna Ray's new CD, Shining Through. Oh my God, do we love to sing this chant. We love it so much our band is learning it. Our band also covers the chants by Brenda McMorrow and Krishna Das, so mostly everybody in the group knows them and sings along, and they're really easy to sing to. The dreamy last track is from Benji Wertheimer and John DeCott's One River, featuring ethereal, otherworldly vocals by Wah, backed by Heather Wertheimer. After this one, we all float from the room in a blissful haze into our Friday night. But this Friday night will be a little bit different for me, because this weekend we're taking a road trip to the very first Shasta Yoga Fest in Mount Shasta, California. I've never been there, so there will be lots to see and explore. Yoga, kirtan, hot springs, and apparently there's something about ascended masters? Donna DeLore, David Newman, and Mike Cohen are headlining the festival, and Corvallis homie Johanna Beekman will be opening. I'll tell you all about it in the next show. Until then, dear hearts, namaste.
Now, it's much harder to hear the possibility that one can extricate oneself from that which changes when the changes involves one's own personality. Because while you may be able to see the body as object, it's very hard to see the personality as object because you've identified with it for so long. You think that's who you are. And now we're getting more into the depth of the matter because the question one asks is, is there a place to stand in relation to change where one is not uh, frightened by it? Is there a place to stand in the presence of change where one can be with the changes, even enjoy the changes, work with the changes, become an elder, do all the things that changing involves, and at the same moment, cultivate equanimity, spaciousness, emptiness, awareness, clarity. And that's really what the issue of spiritual, of the, the deep spiritual work is about. Now, there are stages of that work, and the first stage, I think, is the recognition of what is most comfortable for people in spiritual dimension is something called soul which says you are still a separate entity, but you aren't the incarnation. You aren't what was born. So you aren't your personality and you aren't your body. 
Here are just a few images to work with in thinking about this. One is by Yeats. An aged man is but a paltry thing, tattered coat upon a stick. In less soul claps its hands and sing, and louder sing for every tatter in its mortal dress. O sages standing in God's holy fire, be the singing masters of my soul. Consume my heart away, sick with desire and fastened to a dying animal. It knows not what it is, and gather me into the artifice of eternity. Pull my soul out of the identification with the body. And in T.S. Eliot's poem, East Coker, as we grow older, the world becomes stranger, the pattern more complicated of dead, of living. Old men and women ought to be explorers. Here and there does not matter. We must be still and still moving into another intensity for further union, a deeper communion, through the dark, cold, and empty desolation, the wave cry, the wind cry, the vast waters of the petrol and the porpoise. In my end is my beginning. You and I are paying the price of having grown up in such a materially oriented society such an externalized society, such a society that measures people in terms of their products, their achievements, their possessions, their knowledge, instead of cultivating the quality of being. In the East, one spends one's life, it's in the, in, from a spiritual sense, in preparing for aging and death. We have spent most of our lives in denying aging and death. And the predicament we face now is that once we become older, when we suddenly realize there is another agenda, it's harder to do it now because it's harder to not be distracted by all of the changes that are happening in our bodies and our minds. And that is why you are encouraged spiritually. It says, die in the morning so you need not die at night. And that has to do with go through the spiritual transformations when you are young so that when you get old, you will have built up the resonance within yourself to be able to transform the changes without getting caught in them. Mahatma Gandhi had spent so many years in inner spiritual practice and with the mantra he did, Ram, 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 with his with his beads, rom, 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 that when he walked out into the garden that day and a man came up and shot him four times at blank range right in the chest. As Gandhi was falling over, he didn't say, oof, or save India, or you are forgiven. He said, Ram. He was so ready to move forward that at the moment, the unexpected moment, he was ready to utter that mantra which would take him into the next space. The depth of the understanding of that particular image of the preparation, not just for the moment of death, but for the process of aging. It is a lifetime's work. To know how to grow old is the master work of wisdom, one of the most difficult chapters in the great art of living, and one best done early on. T. 
T.S. Eliot has one other quote. He says, we cannot stick to the moving finger of time on the surface of the sphere, but must des descend into the still point of the turning world. That is, one of the traps that our mind is in is the trap of time. And aging has to do with time. And the, I must ask you, is there a part of you that is not in time? And if so, find it and rest in it. That's the whole mystical journey. Now the predicament is, the part of you that is not in time, you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't even think about it. And yet it is. You can only be it. You can't know it. Because the thinking mind knows objects, and objects are in time. What a frustrating thing. It's like having a flashlight that you shine on this and that, on a memory, on a plan, on a sensation, on a feeling. But when does the flashlight shine on itself? And the flashlight itself is that part of you, which you could call, whatever you call it is just going to be a word which isn't going to be it, but let's call it awareness. Awareness has no time. It has no space. It doesn't die. It wasn't born. It's not going anywhere. Everybody is having continuous experience or continuous understanding or resting in awareness but you are so fascinated with what you're being aware of, you never notice the awareness itself. Isn't that strange? What you begin to see is the way in which the journey, the spiritual journey, is one of going deeper and deeper into your being to go in behind that which changes to find that which does not change. And it's not a that, but find not change. And in that process, you start to use the things of your life as your vehicles of doing it. And all of the things I've talked about, the physical breakdown, the psychological breakdown, all can become the stuff you use in order to go behind it by saying, not this, not this, not this. And when you know how to use aging to go behind time, then you begin to see that all of that stuff that's happening to you not only might not be bad, it might even be grace. There's the story of the man who had a horse. And the horse ran away, and his neighbor came up and said, oh, that's terrible. <clears throat> the man said, you never know. <laughs> and the next day, the horse came back, and it was leading two other wild horses. <laughs> and the neighbor said, that's wonderful. And the farmer said, you never know. <laughs> and then his son was training one of the wild horses, and while he was riding the wild horse, he fell off and broke his leg. And the neighbor came up and said, that's terrible. And the farmer said, yeah. And then the Cossack army came through recruiting everybody, taking all the young men that were able, but they didn't take the son because he had a broken leg. And the neighbor came up and said, that's wonderful. And the farmer said, yeah. and on it goes, you see. <laughs>
Thank you.